0: Hey, everybody, welcome to The Big Ticket, Variety and iHeart's weekly podcast. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. Today, I've got James Marsden. I caught up with the actor on the phone from Vancouver, where he's filming the latest adaptation of The Stand, Stephen King's horror novel about a world destroyed by a supervirus. Stick around to hear what it's like filming that during the coronavirus outbreak. Plus, Marsden reveals what he did for the very first time to prepare to work alongside Kate Blanchett in the upcoming Mrs. America. He teases a return to dead to me. And then he reminisces about his X Men audition. Of that and more coming up after the break. Welcome back to the Big Ticket. Here's James Marsden. How are you?
1: I'm great. How you doing?
0: Where am I calling you right now?
1: I'm on a planet called Mars. <laughs> um, I'm I'm out in the middle of um, it feels actually a little uh, a little Mars like I'm in Kamloops, Canada, which is about four hours drive east of Vancouver into the interior of BC, in and it's very high desert, arid spot for some um, some cool drone shots for uh, the stand Stephen King thing I'm working on. Yeah,
0: so tell me about this this Stephen King thing you're working on the stand. It's only you know that little thing.
1: That little thing, one of his <laughs> shortest books. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty cool. Um, it's right now it's a CBS All Access thing. Um, Josh Boone um, and uh, Ben Ben Cavell. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty exciting thing to be a part of. I was also considering what's going on in the world at the moment. Right. Um, you know. Yeah, I don't know if you've read the book, but uh, it's basically Stephen King's. Um, idea of how it all ends all right. uh, where a, a virus wipes out ninety nine point i think ninety nine point four percent of the population and then point six is immune to it. and they have to rebuild society. and uh, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty um it's pretty, it, would be a, it would be a cruel irony if this if the stand happens before the stand comes out
0: yeah, it's it it has to be a little weird working on this, no?
1: It, yeah it is. Um I'm hoping that. Uh, we um, in real life get a hold of it uh, before it right. reaches the catastrophic proportions it does in the stand, but um, but it definitely is an interesting sort of parallel universe going on.
0: It is a very strange time in the world. It is just you know it's like now like even it in the is. office, someone sneezes and everyone sort of flinches yeah. for a minute. You know.
1: Oh, there's there's scenes. Um, I'm not getting too much away here, but there's sure. scenes at the beginning of the uh, the stand where. You know, as soon as you see someone who looks normal sneeze or cough into their arm, you know, your eyes just immediately, everyone in the room darts towards them. And, and I see that in public now, Wow. I, you know, and they everyone kind of takes a, takes a few steps away from the person. Um, but it's crazy. I know we're in full panic mode right now. Um, yeah, let,
0: let's hope that they get a hold of coronavirus before the stand is going to come out, because I just don't know who's going to want to watch the stand while this is going on. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's
1: right. I know it's true, right? Sometimes these things can be, uh, I mean, obviously, we, no one would ever want to capitalize on something right. as horrible as this, but, uh, you know, it, it certainly makes it relevant. Um, but, yeah, I hope that uh, it also doesn't... Um, You know, I did this movie with Woody Harrelson and Tommy Lee Jones um, called Shock and Awe, and it was uh, a political movie about the... the, uh going to war with Iraq after 9/11 and it was in, it, it came out during the heat of the, uh, the you know Trump madness and no one was interested in seeing <laughs> a sort of political movie at the time um, so it didn't do that great but, uh, but yeah so it's you know the real life events definitely do have an effect on on them so I, mean, I just don't think about it just keep chugging away <laughs>
0: Yeah, so it's a good thing that there's nothing going on with hedgehogs right now, right? Because a lot of people have gone to see that movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, except overseas in Asia, they haven't got to yet. But uh, but most of the people in the world um, have gotten to enjoy it. So we were we were we relied on a little bit of Sonic's speed to get done before uh, to get it get it out to get it out there before before the madness began.
0: Right now the number worldwide is 265 million.
1: Is that right? I haven't even yeah. looked uh, uh recently. That's nutty. Um I Did yeah, you- I mean I- <laughs> I gotta tell you, does not it doesn't feel like these kind of things happen anymore. Right. I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I remember the first X-Men movie and they were saying it made $54 million. It's a massive <laughs> success. It'll go on to be a huge franchise and all of this. And, you know, and I've rarely experienced that kind of elation and um, amazement as to how many people are enjoying your product uh, right. not, your art, your art, I should say. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, to put it in terms of product. But, you know, it just doesn't feel like I guess unless you're in a giant Marvel movie or, uh, you know, a big Pixar film or something, kids movie, those middle tier movies, those, you know, 20 to 80 million dollar movies don't seem like they come out much anymore. And, And it's just nice to see the box office, you know, healthy and the people who still want to go to the movie theater.
0: How many Sonics are you signed up to do?
1: Uh, I believe, um, oh, I don't know if I'm supposed to say, uh, <laughs> um, I, I believe as many as they want to make. <laughs> that was a good answer. Which I'm that's fine with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That's, uh, that's my somewhat vague answer. Um, but it is such a group, a good group of people and it was so fun, so much fun to see Jim enjoying himself again. Right. I think, uh, th- I think this was his second biggest opening of all of his movies. Wow. Um, or biggest uh, opening weekend, I guess. Right. Yeah. You know, and I was kind of amazed at that statistic, but, um, he just had a big smile on his face and was hugging everyone. And it just felt like it was such a cool thing. I mean, I obviously grew up while well, I was in high school, emulating him and, and watching <laughs> him on living color and doing his thing. And, and then for him to take a pretty little break from the business and come back, um, with the Showtime show and then this and just, you know, chew the scenery in the, his most brilliant and amazing ways and just have fun doing it again. It was a real joy for me because he's always been an inspiration and and uh, it's cool to, you know, he's just putting his arm around everyone going, man, what a great ride. And I can't think oh. of any better, any better people to be, be experiencing this kind of success with, you know, so uh, it's been, it's been fun. You know, you kind of, you, I've been doing this 25 years and it's, yeah. Uh, you learn, you know, to not get your hopes up about certain things, uh, you know, you're just, your expectations are going to get burned if you set them the wrong way. So you kind of just do, you do the work and you trust that you like your contribution to it. And then you move on to the next thing, and whatever is going to excite you about uh, whatever the, ne- the next job you're doing, and then you kind of forget about the other ones. Yeah. So when something like this happens, it's like, man, this is a you know global big big success, and um, it's cool. It's it's a fun, it's a good wave to enjoy the ride. You know, it's um, yeah, You don't expect it to always be them to always be that way, but when they hit, it's a good thing.
0: So tell me about, um, what's your favorite thing at Olive Garden? Because you did get that um, (laughs) gift certificate. (laughs) No spoilers, but I feel like you could walk into an Olive Garden and just be like, "Um, I was in Sonic the Hedgehog.
1: Thank you. I'll have the best yeah. in the house. Right. I, not even that. I'm just going to walk in and go, you know who I am. You know what I'll have. <laughs> I didn't even know where that, that came from. It was always in the script. It never left. And, and uh, there you go. That's some shameless product promotion there, right? It's, we've been to about three or four screenings. Um, test screenings, but also like you know live screenings. Ben Schwartz right. and I went to, and uh, surprised some of the uh, – moviegoers at the end and the beginning of some of the random screenings and and staying towards the end um the olive garden joke when i don't know anything but like when i you know the bit with the olive garden towards the end of the movie right. every time gets the biggest laugh of the movie every time <laughs> <laughs> it's the biggest laugh of the movie you can count on it Uh, It's just like, you know, it's another thing. You watch the movie and you, you think certain jokes are going to be the ones that kill and you're always wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So it's just, uh, you know, you don't, you lack objectivity when it comes to these things sometimes.
0: So not so funny, more um, seriousness, Mrs. America. Right, Phyllis Schlafly. Yeah, my goodness. Oh boy. Oh my goodness. Right. Remind people who Phyllis is.
1: So Phyllis Schlafly was a um, a, a extremely conservative. Republican advocate, um, back in the, uh, time of when, uh, yes, Gloria Steinem and Bell were, were, um, hell bent on ratifying the equal rights amendment. Yeah. And she was doing everything she could to stop that from happening because she believed that a woman's place was, um, being a homemaker and raising children mm-hmm. and not getting drafted to war, which was another big, uh, uh component of her argument. Um, And um, one of her more powerful allies was uh, an Illinois congressman named Phil Crane. And that's who I play in the show. And uh, Mm. he was known as the conservative Kennedy. Um, He was very intelligent, very charming, um, but very, very conservative. And uh, he... um, uh, they kind of helped each other w- with their agendas and um, and their objectives uh, in the middle of the equal rights movement. And so I can't uh, depending on who's listening, I don't know whether or not you think Kate Blanchett and I's character are good guys or bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but talk about another relevant um, you know a really relevant uh, uh, interesting okay, wow story, topic and story to be told. During these days right now, you know, right. and also, will just at the end of the day for me, what a wonderful platform to go out and support these incredible female actresses in these roles that are just, uh, um, you know. Incredible. They're, 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 they're the roles that uh, everybody wants. Sarah, Sarah Paulson and, and uh, Elizabeth Banks and Rose Byrne. And um, so, yeah, it's cool. It's a great, cool thing to be a part of. I mean, it's definitely their show, um, but I'm, uh, it's, it's, uh, I feel very lucky to be a, uh, a part of it.
0: So, Kate Blanchett plays Phyllis Schlafly. What was it like your first day on set with Kate Blanchett?
1: Well, I, good, good question. <laughs> I didn't know if my first day on set would, uh, would, uh, come, would, would finish. I thought maybe I'd get fired halfway through. You never know. Um, you know, she's, um, she's a heavy hitter and, yeah. uh, you gotta know, you know, you gotta know that you can hang with her. Right. Um, I've never been more prepared in my life to be honest with you. Really? Um, I, um, now I, I even, uh, I even got, I haven't never done this before, and I'm going to start doing it a lot more because it was massively helpful. Um, I was uh, I, I enlisted a um, the help of an, uh, a very well known and renowned acting coach, mm. and I just spent session and session with her with all the material, <laughs> um, discussing not only the historical. Um, you know, the, 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 the actual history of the story that we were telling, but also the scenes and, you know, kind of getting an idea of from a woman's perspective where Kate was going to be coming from or where she might mm-hmm. and where she might not. And so that you, I just was beyond prepared. Um, and it was a great feeling cause you'd step on the set and, uh, and it was her first day as well. It was the very mm-hmm. first day of shooting was some of our biggest stuff. Wow. Um, so it was, it was cool. Um, and, You know it was a reminder of uh how important preparation is and uh and so that you just can when the cameras start rolling you just feel as comfortable as you can be you know obviously she's not going to want to see uh um anybody struggling or feeling intimidated by her and she's one of the most warm and generous um um, artists that i've ever worked with you know she's she wants everyone around her to to be great and uh Uh so it was uh but yeah i was i chewed my nails off that day uh, <laughs> and uh but ultimately it, it you know it worked out it was it was a lot of fun and it just it's another reminder of how you know how much be working with a, t- a talented actress of kate's caliber can bring out so much more than you um, um and how you know how how important and helpful that is to be you know, to be sort of sparring, um, you know, three or four page dialogue scenes with the great Kate. It's pretty cool.
0: Now, do you say to Kate, by the way, I've never done this before, but I got an acting coach because of you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, cause I didn't want her to see her my, uh, she, I didn't want her to see the mechanics behind what I was doing. <laughs> uh, it was like a chess match, you know, I didn't want to, sh- I didn't want to show her my, my, uh, my thought process. Um, but uh, I would yeah, I think I, think I may be dead later on, in the season she has a great <laughs> sense of humor, so uh, uh, I, I would she would probably um, she would probably be very uh, happy, thankful, and, and uh, respect the fact that I did that. Um, I mean, it would sound arrogant though, wouldn't it? Like, hey, <laughs> normally I don't need this. <laughs> normally, That's I'm just right. lying with my instincts. <laughs> but uh, for you. Yeah, yeah, I took I got a little extra training, so look out. Did, did you <laughs> you re- think you're going to get nominated for awards for this? Watch out. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> did you reach out to anyone who knew Phyllis or knew Phil? You know, uh, Phil Crane. Uh,
1: no, you know, I, I I didn't. But a funny story. Uh, my father used to work, uh, in DC. He lived there for mm-hmm. about 15 years and he was never in politics, but he was a microbiologist who worked with the food and drug administration. He's, uh, the American meat Institute. He was a, a um, food handling processing, uh, wow. oversaw like inspection anytime there was E. coli or, or, uh, right. uh, anything like that. He was, he was, he's like the main guy, like, um, Anyway, so they used to have these, um, I forget what the company was for, maybe American Main Institute or something. They would have these like uh, hot dog cookouts on on the Saturdays, and they would invite a lot of politicians. And, and I told him I was playing Phil Crane. He goes, I knew Phil Crane. Whoa. <laughs> I was like, you're kidding me. That's crazy. He goes, yeah, I had several conversations with him, many, many, many times. Very nice guy, very charming. Um, <laughs> but my father was the one person who actually weirdly knew Phil Crane
0: that's wild how, how do you even go to that mindset I mean for people who don't know I mean Phyllis Schlafly, Phil Crane I mean these were as conservative as you could possibly get I mean it is the right, right wing of the right wing um, how yeah. do you even like when I watch the trailer and I see Kate spewing some of that stuff it's just it's so odd and, but like you know like you said it's it plays to
1: today Yeah, right. Well, I think, you know, first of all, she's such a character. um, And, uh, you know, Kate just like latches onto these uh, incredible um, um, personalities and she just makes them her own. Um, I think it's just great to have, you know, someone as great as Kate Blanchett to be playing, you know, the... um, antagonist you know to be mm-hmm. like in some regard i don't think this is a you know straight up good and bad people kind of thing but mm-hmm. it's it's certainly a really intelligent way to hear the other side of the, of the argument mm-hmm. um and um and where that came from and you know because there are some really convincing arguments that she has in the show uh-huh. like okay well that that kind of makes sense. Uh, that shouldn't be without equality, uh, in the, in the workforce or, uh, or anywhere between men and, men and women. But, um, you know, it's, it, it's an interesting way to present the argument of, uh, of what was going on, you know, in the, in the early seventies and led up to right. the eighties, you know, obviously, um, a, a, having Kate be the one who's, um, uh, you know there's there's moments where you kind of go ah i i i don't i, I might be mixed on this i might be split right down the <laughs> middle on this um to say, you know and ultimately you know we we see that uh it's 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 not it's not a good thing um but like you know i you know i i get certain simple things like you know there shouldn't be you you shouldn't be um um we shouldn't be uh, dis- devaluing women that do want to stay home and raise their kids of and course. be a homemaker, and do, you know that that that's um, obviously uh, that's a, an incredibly difficult job and um, an important one. And and um, but we should not be we should not uh, limit them to that.
0: Right, they shouldn't be forced just should, to know. do
1: that. Right, I- exactly. Yes, um, and. Uh, and that's something that we continue to evolve towards, which is a good thing, right? That uh, um, ultimate uh, equal opportunity. And, and, um, and it's right now, obviously, it's something that we talk about quite a lot in, um, um, in, these, in these days.
0: Now I'm going to take another short break. But when we come back, Marzen talks about the 20th anniversary of X-Men. You won't believe what he did for his audition. We'll be right back. I've got one word for you, Tom Cruise. On this new weekly podcast, Meeting Tom Cruise, we're going to talk about Tom Cruise. We're going to talk to people who have met Tom Cruise. Why? Because Tom Cruise is the greatest movie star of all time. Is he, though? Shut your mouth. Everyone who has met him has an amazing story to tell. And that's where I met Tom Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. When I hear the bathroom door open, and it's Tom Cruise. Hey, everybody, I'm Jeff Meacham. You might know me as Josh Openhole from TV's Blackish, and I'm here with the goose to my maverick. Hey, I'm Joel Johnstone, and you might know me as Archie on The Marvelous Mrs. Mason, And I'm Alex. and you might. Nope, no one knows you from anything. Listen, we love Tom Cruise. We are inspired by Tom Cruise. But while we live and work in Hollywood, we've never actually met Tom Cruise. So we're going to talk to some people who have, and maybe one of them will lead us to the man himself. So we can have our own stories of meeting Tom Cruise. Does it really have to just be about Tom Cruise? Shut up! Why are you here? Listen to Meeting Tom Cruise on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. Here's more of James Marsden. So now let's talk uh, "Dead to Me." Are you coming back or what?
1: Everybody yeah. wants to know. <laughs> so you got the ones that we could talk about out of the way, right? I
0: was <laughs> <Right, right. laughs> just gonna. I uh, was just well, gonna uh,
1: laugh. I uh, yeah, your imagination is gonna have to run wild uh, if you you try to uh, figure out if and how I would come back if you know <laughs> how the first season ended uh-huh. um, but uh but yes i'm uh, i have a uh, i've been i've been i've written in in blood <laughs> that i I'm not allowed to its it stays in the vault right you can't um, even say if you so, were on the show originally. Uh, Right, yeah, exactly. Um, That's the death time we live in nowadays. There's too many spoilers out there. But it was such another, that was another surprise. Not that I didn't think it was going to do poorly, I just, it was something that I, I did right on the heels of Sonic. Right. and I was so tired. Uh, um, no one wants to hear about actors complaining about being tired, <laughs> but I was. Um, <laughs> acting is the hardest job in the world, and people don't realize it. Um, no, but I would. You know, I hadn't been home, and I hadn't seen my my kids for a while. And uh, wow. they said, "Hey, there's this is show that Liz Feldman, and I'm a fan of hers as a writer, um, and they're interested in you for this role in this this show with Li, uh, with Linda and and Christina, and it'd be you know." two months, if that. Um, it's in L.A., and here's the character. Here's the first couple of scripts. Are you interested? And uh, I was like, oh, this seems like so fun. And I have a, <laughs> I have a real interesting way of uh, take on playing this guy. I know I'm tired, but at least I'll be in L.A. Let's go for it. <laughs> and, and, again, another one that was like, who knows? There's so right. much content out there right now and so, so many nice. uh, platforms. Yeah, there's so much TV. It's great because, you know, there's something for everybody, and you can watch it whenever you want. If it's Netflix, right? You can, right. you can stream it whenever you want, and and um, it's so accessible nowadays that you can you can actually get to most of the contents. But mm. but it does make you kind of go, who you know, who is there enough people in the world to watch all of these shows that are being right. made? I, there's right. so much I haven't seen. There's so so it's always a surprise when something like you know, that came out and got shot out of a cannon. It was like, this is the the best show. This is my favorite show on Netflix. And um, so, again, another surprise, which was pretty cool. Um, And as for the second season, um, you know, if you probably did some snooping around on the Internet, there may or may not be some photos of somewhere me doing something <laughs> on set. I don't know uh, but in what capacity I won't be able to tell you
0: let's take a little trip back to two of your classics first up 20th anniversary of X-Men this year 20
1: years my gosh yeah it's, it's, it's beyond comprehension for me do you remember your first years, day on set a, I do um But most, mostly I remember the first day in the costumes, Mm. the, um, that I think what actually was the first day of shooting, to be honest with you, mm. we were at the base of the Statue of Liberty in our full one piece black leather <laughs> x men costumes that um the leather had not been worn in yet, so we're 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 meant to be vaulting over this wall, <laughs> you know very a- athletic in you know, a <laughs> athletic superhero style, and neither one of us could get over a like two and a half foot wall um <laughs> <laughs> because the uh, the suits <clears throat> didn't allow from for much uh, bending of the legs and of the body anywhere. So we 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 just there's video out there of Hugh and I just kind of falling on our face on this cement wall, <laughs> and it just it was like ways, Oh God, these are we these are the superheroes. That's um, amazing. I'm, yeah it's pretty funny uh so with the magic of movie making eventually we we looked pretty cool but uh that first day we did not feel pretty cool
0: did you have to audition for the movie i did so what was your audition like uh
1: it was a lot of i I went in maybe four or five times over the course of three months Mm -hmm. um and it was a lot of reading there was a couple of readings with famca um and I remember how tall she was, so I was like, "I'm just gonna wear my biggest boots possible, because I can't be shorter than her. I know they won't cast me." So
0: you came in a pair of stilettos.
1: Oh yeah, I came in pair of stilettos with, the, you know, uh, yeah, with an apple box uh, t- 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 duct taped both foot, both feet. Um, yeah, I remember also wearing, a like, a tight-fitting T-shirt. And uh, I remember going into the bathroom before the auditions every time and locking the door and putting, like, paper towels down on the floor and doing push-ups as many no. push-ups as I could. No. And, like, uh, doing, like, arm curls in the mirror to get, like, my, you know, just to kind of get a pump on. Because at the time, it was like, there hadn't been really any superhero movies other right. than... Right. I mean, like a Batman, the original Batman with Mike right. Keaton, and then you know the, the ones that followed. But yeah, you know, Phantom—I mean, it wasn't. This is like a new take on the on the genre, and it was, you know, Brian Singer's take was let's make this as kind of real and uh, with very important themes and and kind of you know dark as possible. And there's no, you know, goofy spandex costumes and. Um, I don't know. I just was like, I didn't know what that entails. Like, I just got to, mm. like, I, I, I got to look like I'm in physical, good physical shape. So I was just, I was working out in the bathroom before the audition. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: I love that story. Yeah. The Enchanted sequel. When is
1: it happening? Because, um. You know.
0: Apparently there was a
1: meeting. Yeah, there's, yes. I keep hearing things surface. And it feels like, you know, it's trying to get some traction. Um. Hmm. I know Bob Iger just left Disney. I don't know if that affects it at all, but <laughs> it is a little bit of a, um, you know, we didn't do the sequel to, to Enchanted back in the day. I mean, obviously it was a massive success, but I was always confused why we didn't do it back in the day. Oh. Uh, back in whatever, 2007, I guess, when the movie came out right. to announce a sequel, but there was a whole um, changing of the guards going on oh, at Disney. Right. And uh, at the time, and it kind of fell through the cracks, I think. Sadly, because it, it would have been a, a, an immediate green light nowadays. Um, so I think they've been trying to resurrect it. And I know there's interest there. And I've heard that the, the Schwartz and the Minkins are talking. And uh, um, Disney and, and Amy's interested. And I'm interested. And uh, I mean, it would just be so much fun. That was like the most fun I've ever had on a movie. It was. It was a role that uh, i just enjoyed uh you know i went to set every day grinning from ear to ear playing this dope um, <laughs> who's just an unabashed uh romantic <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and um loves the sound of his own voice um and it was just like one of those roles that you read and you go i got this you know <laughs> um, sometimes sometimes you you know you 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 read a role and you're like okay i really want to get this right i just it's a really challenging role but up until the day you start shooting you're like okay well what choices am i to make and what you know i day one is tomorrow once i start, once i figure out what this guy looks like sounds like and what is the choices are going to be you're kind of locked in yeah. and um prince edward was out of the gate like oh i know exactly who this guy is <laughs> you know <laughs> um so i hope we get to do it i mean before we uh You know, pretty soon I'm not going to be agile and young enough to be jumping around on top of buses swinging swords.
0: Enchanted wheelchairs.
1: They would. They would have to write it into the script. Um, (laughs) But hey, I'd be down for it. Enchanted wheelchairs.
0: (laughs) Well, Mr. James, thank you for this. This is great. I'm going to let you get back to work. Yeah, of course. And um, hopefully I'll see you soon.
1: I hope so too. It's been a pleasure. And thanks for taking the time out. You got it, buddy.
0: That was James Marsden. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Big Ticket. Coming up next week, Shania Twain. And of course, don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Mark Malkin. And for all the latest breaking Hollywood news, go to Variety.com. See you next time.